welcome back to Don't Look Under the Bed. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome in. We hope that you will subscribe, share, and review the show. Like so many of us, our guest this week started his hospitality career at the front desk. He would go on to become VP of Brand Marketing with Hilton, CEO of Sosville Foundation, and marketing and brand strategist for the fundraising arm ALSAC for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. He is now CEO of Iconic Presentations, where he specializes in delivering high-energy keynote presentations for organizations that desire to reach or maintain iconic status. He is also the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Hospitality Historiography, where he highlights and celebrates the hospitality contributions of African-American people, specifically centering African-American hotel ownership throughout time. Please meet Calvin Stovall. Welcome back to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin, and our guest today is Calvin Stovall, CEO of Iconic Presentations. Hey, Calvin, welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Robin. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. I... I'm so excited to talk to you today. And and first of all, I just want to say thank you for your work. Um, It's just, I'm just excited to have this conversation because you have done something phenomenal and we're going to get into it. But uh, first of all, we want to know who is Calvin and uh, (laughs) what's your background? Oh, wow. Well, my background, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me, Robin. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, uh, a little bit about me, I, I, I guess you could say I'm a, a hospitality lifer. Um, I've been in it a very long time. I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Chicago, and my first job was a desk clerk at a Holiday Inn in downtown Chicago. Uh, so, you know, and, and you know, worked, worked a little bit in different hotels and front office manager and all that stuff, and went, eventually went to, to Cornell graduate program at the hotel school, and then ended up working for Hilton following that. Um, okay. It started at a, at a, I moved from Chicago to Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> so, you know, that was a little different for me, but had a great time there as well. And so you I, did the reverse migration because everybody was leaving <laughs> yeah. the South to go to Chicago. <laughs> exactly. I went you back South. I went, I went back to the South. Okay. Okay. But, but, it, but it was, it was wonderful. It was actually, I worked at an embassy suites as an AGM. Okay. And it was a corporate property because they had a the corporate office was in Memphis then. Um, and so that that property was being watched all the time. All the VIPs and everything were staying there. So it was a high profile kind of property. And, and it and eventually led me into the corporate side. And I started in research and then um, transitioned into the Home of Suites brand and became vice president of Home of Suites. Um, really helped grow that brand with a fabulous team. And I did that up to about 2005 or so. Then I went out on my own um, and went to Minneapolis for a few years and, and then came back to Hilton after they got purchased by Blackstone. And just, to, you know, so I've worked at St. Jude. I've worked as a CEO of the South Soulsville Foundation in Memphis. I've done a, quite a few okay. things. But my background is pretty varied. Yeah. Um, but, I am, but I am a hotel guy in and out. 
love it. And I'm um, just really just excited about, um, you know, writing this book. Yeah. Um, it is hotel, just a different slant to it, of course, but it is still about hospitality. Yes, it, it absolutely is. But first, talk to us about um, iconic presentations and your and your uh, keynote, you know, your your tours and such that you do. Yes. Um, well, actually, I've been speaking for a while, even I mean, even starting as a vice president with Hilton, you know, you get up, talk about your marketing plans. And I always enjoy doing that. I get a great reaction from the audience. And mm -hmm. so I kind of fell into doing presentations, you know, keynotes. Um, it was a great guy. I don't know if you know a guy that his name was Keith Harrell. He was a keynote speaker. Um, may he rest in peace. But he, he kind of took me under his wing and taught me the keynote speaking world. And so I've been doing that for for a while since you know 2005 or so. Wow, my own and um, you know so basically what I do is is go in speak to different audiences, but to mm -hmm. mostly hotel, um, okay. insp inspiring keynotes, um, talk a lot about employee experience, guest experience, trends in the industry, consumer mm -hmm. trends. But um, I do it in a very unorthodox way. I love music, so I have music in integrated in it. Um, we have a lot of fun, but we also learn as well. So I've spoken for um, all kinds of organizations and CPAs, you know, mm -hmm. uh, real estate management companies um, and that nature. But but most of them are whole hospitality. But of course, you know, customer experience transcends across any industry. That's so, right. That's you know, right. You got, everybody has customers and everybody should treat their customers well. Um, so, you know, you can take that subject matter and, and, and take it across any industry. But I love doing it. I love being on the platform. And um, just inspiring people and getting them fired up, you know. That's awesome. So first of all, I just want to say, so you are somewhat of a, a Black History fact. Uh, VP? Yes. I was a vice president. <laughs> so uh, yeah. how, <laughs> how, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it by the grace of God. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know praise the Lord. So. And you know, I I I took advantage when opportunities were brought in front of me. I just I leaped in, you know, yeah. to forward, and you know, God opened the door and I walked through. Um, of course, I had some great mentors, right, um, um, and people that helped me along the way. Of course, because you can't get you got to have advocates and people that are going to support you. That's it, uh, particularly in that corporate environment. Mm -hmm. it, it is it is what it is. But you so know, did you seek them out? Or did they see a spark in you that said, you know uh -huh. what, this guy, you know, he's crisp. Let's see, let's see, you know, where he would like to take this. Yeah. Or I did you was, know what? It was, was a combination. Story? I think it okay. was a combination. Um, I sure. think, you know, your work will speak for itself, but mm -hmm. I, did, I did, I had no problem walking up to people and asking for support. <sighs> um, I don't have any fear of that at all. I mean, I, you know. I'm a confident person. Don't get me wrong, but I also understand I don't know everything as well. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, like guys like Jim Holdhouse or Jim Hardigan, just some some of the people in Hilton um, that helped me, you know, progress. Yeah. And so they supported me along the way, and and you know, we're still friends today. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's been a great journey. Um, you know, so I can't I can't complain about that at all. Wow, I love that. So you wrote a book, Hospitality Historiography. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I know that's a pretty difficult title. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been kind of practicing that all day. Hospitality Historiography. This is a little tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. 
but it's so I'm so excited about this because we have a complicated history in this country relative to hospitality. Absolutely. And for you to write a book that centers the contributions of black people, I'm just, I'm outdone. So of course I want to hear about the book. Um, mm -hmm. The research that mm -hmm. you did, what may or may not have surprised you about it. And, you know, just kind of walk us through what, what was going through your mind and you saying, you know what, I need to write a book about hospitality history well, <laughs> relative to, to black folk. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, Robert, I like to call this the book, like I would say like it's 30 years in the making. Okay. And I, and I say that because it, it actually started in graduate school um, in, in 93, um, uh, the National Society of Minority Hoteliers actually started at, at Cornell. Um, and there was a gentleman there by the name of Evan Frazier. He was a chairperson and founder with that organization. They were an under, he was an undergrad and I was a graduate student, but they were having their first conference. And he asked me to do some research for him. He's like, Calvin, could you just look into Black hotel ownership. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, I want to see if there's anything out there and, um, you know, and, and you can share it. So, I, I, of course, I delved. I was like, wow, that's interesting. So, of course, I delved into it and um, I got really intrigued by it and it became my graduate monograph. Um, so there, there is a monograph that's from 93 that's called Hospitality Historiography and African-American Perspective. Wow. So, but it was it was not nearly what this is. Mm -hmm. it, that one's probably like a 95 page document. And so you, I just loved it. And I mean, I was looking at articles and stuff on microfish, Robin. Okay. You know, Oh, my, not microfish. <laughs> <laughs> I know people like micro who, <laughs> where you go in the library and there's like big dusty drawers and, mm -hmm. and yes, Flipping through that thing and Flip, all yes. that on the screens. And, um, and the great thing, it was information out there, but it wasn't much. Um, so fast forward to 21, um, I was cleaning out some stuff and I was here with a friend and, and I found the monograph. I was, it was in a box and I had it in my hand and, and, and she said, well, what, what, what is, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's a monograph. And she was like, what is, what is it about? I said, it's about African-American hotel ownership, like dating back to like the 17, 1800s. And she was like, what? Wow. Who owned hotels? She said, let me see. Yeah, we did. We had entire communities, yeah. Yeah. not just and hotels, she, but restaurants and it. grocery stores. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, She took it, looked, and she was like, oh, my God. This, I know you're writing a book. You got to write this book. Yes. And then that's, that was it. <laughs> and so I've been doing it ever since. Um, you know, my publisher, Brown Books Publishing, is going to publish it. And she, I gave her the original monograph. Um, and she was like, oh my God. She's like, do you think it's more out there? I was like, well, let me, let me find out. And it's fortunately it is a lot, but it's yeah. everywhere. It's spread out everywhere, Robin. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories are just, of course they're, they're inspiring, but some of the dates, you know, it's just synthesizing all that information is just a challenge. And then it's, this book is going to have imagery too. So you don't got to get rights to use that. So it's just, it's taking longer than I anticipated, but it'll be yeah. well worth it. Well worth yeah. it. I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. I mean, we have 
something had something similar here in Galveston. I'm sure you're familiar with the history in Galveston with the mm -hmm. um, hotels and restaurants down there. And the Galveston Historic Society has, you know, taken a lot of that information and, and stored it away. But mm -hmm. talk to us about the research and how did you, I mean, it's a huge elephant, I guess one bite it at is. a time, right? So how did you okay. go about? Um... Well, the good thing is that I had a base. Okay. Uh, from the original monograph. Um, so, you know, I started there to find out if there was more information with what I already had. Yeah. And so, you know, fortunately, a lot of these, a lot of the stories have been digitized. Now you can, you know, you can find some of it, but I knew, I mean, there were so many hotels out there. You had people, I mean, guest houses and all kinds of stuff. So I knew the book couldn't have everyone in it. Yeah. Just virtually impossible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I tried to do is make it as inclusive as I could. Um, and particularly hotels that were either first in a particular city or attached mm -hmm. to a particular event. Um, so when you go back so far, you know, this seems like the further you go back, the less information it is. Sure. Uh, so, but I was able to gather a lot of information. There's probably 80 hotels and motels in this book, at least. Um, that's like pretty. And what I wanted to do, because I know there's research that has been done. There's been a lot of focus on the Green Book lately. Um, you know, Candace Taylor did some fabulous work. She visited all those Green Book sites, but the difference in mine, and she did, I think she she's done great. The Smithsonian has an exhibit going around mm -hmm. up until 25 of this year. Um, but my book is a little different. It the Green Book, of course, has to be there. You know, Victor Hugo Green made a huge impact with the Green Book. Right. And um, just so for there. people who are not familiar with the Green Book, talk about the Green Book and the significance and why we needed the Green Book. Oh, absolutely. The Green Book actually was started by a guy named Victor Hugo Green. Um, he was actually a poll. He worked in the post office and um, he realized he was doing some research that, you know, black people back then had, you couldn't just uh, travel on roads and just go where you wanted to go. You couldn't, some places were dangerous. They had sundown towns. I mean, it was just during Jim Crow era, you can actually be killed on the roads driving around. He had so, limited options limited, back then. Very limited. Mm -hmm. And so what this guy did, which was absolutely genius, he created a book that had all of the, I would call them African-American friendly. Um, most of the establishments were black owned. And so they had hotels, guest houses, restaurants, salons, businesses, you name it, all in this book, broken out by state. Mm -hmm. So wherever you were going, you took this book with you and you knew which places you can go in. Um, because you, if you didn't have that, you could end just, you know, being, being some serious trouble. Yeah. So, um, that, that book ran from the guide from like 1933 to 66. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it expanded. It got bigger, bigger, him and his wife, Alma. I mean, they, they, they just did, it was like the black people's GPS basically. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I was, you know what, you know what, Robin, I, I think that's the black people's GPS. I think, I think we were doing the first black airbnbs we were having people stay in our homes already oh, yeah no question no renting, question renting rooms so because yep. we did not know and that was the originator of hospitality Absolutely. bringing people into your home you didn't know them but you provided yep. safety comfort and food yep 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that book, you know, and that's why, you know, the, the Green Book movie came out, what, 2016, 18, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. I, mm -hmm. I, I I would bet, I would venture to say I probably could have walked up to 100 people and asked them, do you know what this movie is, the title is based off of? They probably wouldn't have been able to tell yeah. you. Um, but but what I was excited about is that it was out and people, hopefully it opened people's eyes to a mm -hmm. whole side of travel. Um, you know, people probably just don't. You know, you think now you can go anywhere you want. And, you know, back then it just wasn't, that just wasn't the case. Right. Yeah. So, so back to the research. So, I mean, it was just a digging in, digging in, digging in. Um, my process, basically, uh, what I've done with the book is I, I wanted to highlight the property, but more so the person. Mm -hmm. So mine has more about the owner. Yeah. How they what happened throughout that process, like how they started. Most of them started, they might've been a caterer, then opened a restaurant, then opened a hotel, then maybe another hotel. That's what I wanted to share and the yeah. struggle they had throughout that. Mm -hmm. But what I found most fascinating is a lot of these hotel owners became millionaires, not, you know, several, quite a few of them. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they were serving, you know, and in some cases, you know, um, they serve all black. I've had a couple of the Barry Hotel. Most of their guests were white. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's, a, it's just an eye opener. Um, I just yeah. think found fascinating is that they were able to build these businesses in a time where you would think, I, I, I'm it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, you know, but they persevered. And it, yeah, they did. So why don't we have any? Hotels now. I know Davon is like she's Queen. killing the game right now. Okay. Yes, but and and it's within our reach. So we can actually own a hotel now. I never thought it was possible until I spoke with her. I was like, yeah. I never even thought about it and I didn't think it was possible. But it is. So why don't we own more now? Well, I think most of it, um, I think we are what about two percent. Yeah. Hotels out there are black owned. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is we, we just didn't have access. It wasn't that we weren't interested in owning hotels. I think we always we were. We yeah. just didn't know about the that side of the business. And and so I think access to capital, financing, all of that stuff, just like we were blocked out of a lot of things. That mm -hmm. was another era we were blocked out of. So once like in 2002, um, the Royal Palm opened in Miami. I think that was one of the biggest, that was the first black owned hotel that were, you know, full, you know, full service yeah. hotel. I think once that happened and people saw that, it was like, wow, we can, we can get into this. And so, yeah. so my last chapter in the book is called Keepers of the Flame. And of course, Devon is in there. Yeah. You know, and some of, you know, Tracy Pridmore and some other people in yes. there listed, Andy Ingram, you know, people that have, that are doing stuff. That are make, actually moving the needle. Making, moving yes. the needle. And it's getting better. I mean, we still have a long way to go, but we have some fabulous establishments out there. And, you know, that, that, what, you know, us just supporting them is going to help, you know, close the wealth mm -hmm. gap as well. So I just think that, uh, I think we have a long way to go, but I think we're making progress. Yeah. So you told me what you were fascinated by. What surprise, is there anything that surprised you in doing yes. research? Yes. Um, one of the biggest things that I was surprised by um, 
is first of all, the number of African-American women that owned like Maggie Sneed and Annie Box. And uh, there's, there's, there were women that were killing the game mm-hmm. in hospitality, yeah. you know, and, and owning hotels and doing it back then. Um, but, uh, you know, and Rebecca Howard, um, with the Pacific House. But the other thing that I was surprised by was that I know there's a lot of light that's shine, shown on um, Tulsa Black Wall Street. But there were several Black Wall Streets. Yes, there were. That I mean, you know, the, the, the U Street Corridor in Washington, D.C. You had the Fillmore District in San Francisco. Rosewood. You know, Rosewood, man. You had several places like that where there were like all black entities, money, all that money trading. Harlem, all- USA. Harlem, USA. Yep. <laughs> of course you got a Harlem. And, um, you know, so it's um, that was eye opening to me. I did not know it was that many communities like that. Yeah. And so that was that was probably one of the biggest surprises for the, me. The place down in Galveston. I can't not remember the street, but he had like five blocks with like yeah. the restaurant, the hotel, mm-hmm. the barbershop, the salon. Mm-hmm. One and one man owned it. I forgot yeah. what his name is, but it'll come to me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So what is it that uh you want your readers to come away with? And do you have an audience? Who who who's this book for? Everybody. Everybody I, anybody I that can read. Anybody that can read, I, I believe. From this, two years old to 200 years old. <laughs> 200, 200 years old. Because the stories, the stories are going to be new. Yeah. They're not the typical stories you will hear. I mean, we we know, you know, Black History Month, there's, you know, you know, the important figures that you always hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people were pioneers in this industry. Um, it, it, this book actually married two passions for me, which is Black history and hotels. And so what I'm hoping that people, when they read this, they get inspired because I didn't want, I didn't want the book to be where you read it. It was like, Oh God, Oh God. You know, I mean, there's, I didn't want people to feel sad about it. No, you know what I mean? I want, Mm -hmm. I I mean, it is what it is. Jim Crow, you know, segregation, all of that. I, I want people to look at this and say, okay, despite what was going on, these African-Americans built places that were first-class hotels for their race and actually created a market where where it was second to none. I mean, these places like, you know, the Gotham in Detroit and and some of these other properties, they were first-rate hotels. And and they built them in in, in under these these odds and people, Black people flocked to them. You know, and, you know, sad. the sad thing is, you know, there's a, I always say there's a a blessing and a curse on this, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited, you know, the Civil Rights Act of 64, you know, allowed, you know, African-Americans to go wherever they wanted to go. Yeah. And so that was a good thing. But mm-hmm. what happened was, is they abandoned the hotels that took care of them during the era. Um, so a lot of them suffered. A lot of them are gone. Yeah. And, but but I but I do but what I do appreciate is a lot of communities are starting to appreciate those properties because they were just tearing them down, Robin. I mean, people weren't doing the adequate research to yeah. find out the significance of those hotels, and they would tear them down. You know, you know, 
revitalization projects and things of that nature. So they would be gone. But now people are realizing, hey, we need to start cherishing these things. And you have people out there fighting to keep them, yeah. you know, you know, keep them alive. So, um, yeah, I just want people to walk away inspired and yeah. to, just to expand their knowledge about this mm -hmm. industry and 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 know that, hey, we were out there. We were out there, too, making an we impact were out there. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, we, didn't just in this industry. And we had somewhere to <laughs> right. go and, and that we could call our own. Yes. Um, so yes. I'm ex I'm so excited to read this. When does the book come out? I'm I'm anticipating summer. Um, okay. I was hoping I was hoping spring, but it looks like I'm going to probably get this. I'm sending this manuscript off in February on, on Valentine's Day. And so, you know, they'll have to edit and get all the layout mm -hmm. and everything. So I'm, I'm going to say probably six months after that or so. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, too. I can't. I, I can't. am. I you just don't know, because I'm somewhat of a history buff, too. And like I told you before, when I went to. Breckenridge and learned about uh yes. Barney Ford. About Barney like, Ford. You didn't even know who he was, did you? What? <laughs> so Ford yeah. y'all are gonna have to go and find out who Barney Ford was, but he was gangster and he had he like he's not literally a gangster, but I mean but, he was gangster <laughs> with just with his mentality yes. and his yes. persistence mm -hmm. because he suffered several obstacles several yes. roadblocks and he kept getting back up and just opening another one. I'm going to open another open one. Another. I'm gonna open another one. This guy, I mean, he was born into slavery. Yeah. And, and, you know, he had two big hotels. He had two inner oceans hotels. He yep. had one in Denver and he had one in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And they were big hotels. The, yeah. the largest and first class hotels out there. So yeah, he was, he was a beast. <laughs> yeah, he really was. So I was like, okay, I'll see you fam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, you find out stuff like that. I'm like, just, just like, wow. I mean, one of his hotels, I mean, he had a tragedy at one because he was one, his hotel was one of the first ones to have electricity in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but one of them had, they had a shortage, I think on one of the floors and caused a fire. I think the one in Cheyenne. And, Are you, you know, saying shortage as in fire? Because I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying fire. Like, fire, like, yeah, burn. No, I'm talking about like, uh, like Tulsa. No, I'm not no, talking it, about electric. It, it was a wire, a wire. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Some kind of wire thing. Okay. Happened. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, it was one of the first ones to have electricity. You're right. Yeah, You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And it was a shortage and it caused a fire on the third floor. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, that was, but, but it ran and it, it was, it had been up for 41 years. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was doing good. He really uh, was. I was like, okay, so here's the story. So there's more when that came from. And I remember when we first talked and you told me about the book, I was like, oh, snap. Barney Ford. Somebody's <laughs> doing the work for me. So <laughs> Barney like, Ford. He is, Calvin. <laughs> he is in there. Yep. I mean, Ma Maggie Sneed is another one I, I love. I love her story too. Maggie Sneed was the first lady to open a hotel in Paducah, Kentucky. And um, they were actually letting guests stay at their house. And and Maggie, you know, they they were, you know, Maggie wanted to turn it into a full-fledged hotel. But her husband said, no, we're not doing that. But, you know, eventually he died. And so she went to the bank. She's like, I'm still going to do my hotel. Mm -hmm. so she went to the bank. Of course, they didn't give her a loan because she was a woman. The guy told her, look, you got to have your husband sign this application. Well, you know, Maggie did. Maggie went home. <laughs> came back with her husband's signature on there and she built a hotel. 
Yeah. 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 Metro, the Hotel Metropolitan. And so, I mean, you know, it's just people were doing, you had to do what you had to do. But, you know, she 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 got that hotel up and actually it's a museum now. And um, the Purple Room, which is attached to that hotel, is being renovated. It's going to be reopened. So and stuff like wow. that. So, so cool. you traveled around to see some of these I saw I went to the Magnolia mm-hmm. um, house. Um I've been to um a couple of them in DC, the Wormley, what they but of course that's not still there. It's a marker there. And um a couple of other sites I can't remember. I went to the Hampton in Miami. Mm-hmm. That wasn't black owned, but all black people stayed there. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, and of course the Elizabeth. Did they go through the front door or the back door? Um, they went through the front there. I mean, okay. Malcolm X and all those guys were. That was the really, you know, that movie, um, Night in Miami. Yes, that actually was supposedly based. Okay. In hotel. Okay. At the Hampton. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so that one, and I've been to. Um, well, in my research, I also went to some new ones. You know, Pharrell owns a hotel in Miami on South oh. Beach. Yeah, him, him, and another gentleman. That's um, awesome. Hill Harper, yeah, Hill Harper owns a hotel in New Orleans. Uh, so, I mean, I, oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, he does. I mean, they're call they're call owners, but they're owners. Yeah. They're owners. Yeah, and that hotel. Oh, is, that's going to be me one day. I keep telling Davon, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be me. Yeah. Now that they, she's got Vester and everything, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm, I awesome. want in. Yeah. There's no awesome. reason not to be in. There's no reason for more of us not to own right now because it's right there. Absolutely. It's low hanging fruit now. So mm-hmm. there's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just so, you know, I, I'm very inspired. What yeah. else would you like to tell us that we don't already know? Oh, well, or that yeah. I have not already asked. <laughs> well, I think you've, you've asked, you know, I guess most most of the things in here, um, you know, that I would I would want to share. I just think that people are going to be surprised at how many entrepreneurs, pioneers that were that were out there yeah. you know, doing such great things. And I'm just happy to see that people are interested in it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've been getting a lot of feedback on it and people are like man i'm glad you're doing this yeah that makes me so excited um there uh, you know when i re- i think i wrote a, a note about bringing this book out a while back and a guy responded to it um his name was mark barksdale and he was like i don't know if you're gonna put my 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 grandfather in here but his name yeah his name is Wallace Barksdale, and and he owned a hotel, and he went through the story, and he was like, and so I went and looked him up, and he he, he was the grandson. He, he's an architect in New York. Wow. And he, and he was like, he's like that's so he sent me pictures of his granddad, and in front of the in a picture of the hotel, he said, please include my grandfather's hotel in there. He's like, I'm really excited that somebody cares about him. You wow. know about his history, um, so I definitely yes, that was just so, so cool to me, yeah, yeah, and that's why you do the work, yeah, you know, again to center the ancestors, yes, you know, and, and their contributions relative to this hospitality space. I absolutely love it, yeah. and I thank you yeah. for being our guest on the show today. 
Oh, I'm excited. Where can people find you? Oh, well, you can, you can, I'm a, you know, you can go to my website, which is iconicpresentations.net. Um, I'm all on LinkedIn. You can just look up Calvin Stovall, Iconic Presentations. I'll pop up. I'm on IG. I'm on Twitter. So uh, under Iconic Speaker, you can find me there. Um, of course, once this book comes out, I'll probably launch a new website and everything and um, have all this information up there. And I'll be putting out some stuff over Black History Month here and there, yes. some photos, you know what I mean? Just a yes. little bit, a little, a little teasers. teasers and whatnot. <laughs> Teaser stuff. I love yeah. the article today. It was like, okay, oh, thank so you. Beyonce was turned away from where now? <laughs> you know what, people People who said that that first part was the good hook right oh, there. Oh, that was good. I was like, wait a minute, what, what happened? What did I miss? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah, so that I was- I liked it. Yeah. Well, Calvin, thank you so much for being our guest today. We appreciate you. We appreciate the work. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing everything that that comes out. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your support, Robin. And um, um, thank you so much. Once I get the book in hand, I'm going to make sure you get get your signed copy and come back on here and have another discussion. That's it. Absolutely. All right. All right. All awesome. Right. Awesome. 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 Thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. We appreciate your support of the show. Please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Thank you.